Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Do you believe in sports curses? Mike White, who's supposed to be the next big thing with the Jets, goes down in the first quarter, but they're saying there's got to be a curse on the Jets. And our question to you, the viewers, is do you believe in sports curses? Can't make up my mind whether I believe in them or not. Because on one hand, I say... The harder you work, the luckier you get. But on the other hand, I'm very spiritual and believe there's a plan and all the rest, so I I don't know. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Monday, Canada. Welcome to uh, your favorite sports talk show, the RP Show. Episode number 627. Hope you're having a good Monday so far. I I can tell you for us, it has been a day so far but it's all good because we're on the air and uh, we're live from south florida and uh, before we bring in uh, our guests and give you a little bit of a roadmap of what we're doing for the uh, program let's bring in the moose back in the bermuda triangle of the national hockey league darren dupont darren moose dupont as i told the viewers moose it's been a day we probably don't want to jinx it by telling them so how much but we've had some technical issues but it looks like we are taking flight and we're good and uh, why don't you talk for a while while I bring up the sponsors list for this morning <laughs> and tell me how your day is going so far, if you don't mind. You know what? The day is actually going okay. I'm finding out, though, um, that there is a lot more time in the morning when you're a little bit further east than on the West Coast. Everything happens really quickly when uh, the show's on the air at 9 a.m. So uh, the 11 a.m. start out here, noon uh, Eastern, is a little bit easier, even though it's the, I mean, it, it's the same. But uh, no, adjusted. We're good. And we're in the air. Oh, yeah. The flight is off the ground, so we're sailing. We're good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, well, don't unbuckle just yet. <laughs> Wait till you hear from the captain. But um, before we get into the weekend photo album and the quick six show topics, which are going to be spicy, here's one for spicy. you. And you're going to see some of, yeah, some of my weekend in the photo album here. But um, a guy that's a manager of a restaurant here in South Florida, let's just call him Thad, came up to me Friday night and he said, Rod, Here's the deal. Uh, I'm not the biggest football guy, so you lose me a little bit there. And when you talk CFL, I'm sorry, but I'm out. The palm trees look great, and it's all great, but I'm there to watch the hockey, man. And just telling you, just telling you. And I'm like, bad. I'm not upset. That, that We want the feedback, right, Moose? That's what oh, yeah. we want. But Big he's time. another South Florida East Coast guy that is here for the hockey. Uh, but listen, we have a little bit of everything in the Quick 6 show topics, which we'll get to in a moment, but first... Let's just have a look at the Great Western Weekend Photo Album brought to you by Great Western Brewing Company, if you don't mind. Great Western, extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. That was Outback Steakhouse. Grand opening that uh, we're invited to, as they say in the restaurant industry, it was was a soft launch, Moose, but I just want to say thanks to Debbie and the crew at Outback Steakhouse. They put on the CFL Eastern Final for me, and they our server... Our server, Matt, said, boy, I didn't know Canadian had a football league. That's a direct quote from Matt, the (laughs) server. So I just want to say 
Thank you. So I was able to watch the Argos and the Ticats from there, enjoying a steak, ribs, chicken, all the rest. This was Saturday. It was the annual kids game for the Panthers, and Spencer Knight did not start, but I was down in the suicide box, as you call it, between the benches, which I guess the area which Pierre Maguire made famous. I took that photo of Spencer Knight, and I just wanted to put it on the weekend photo album. So that was fun. Those are my photos. Uh, do you want to explain, Darren? Yeah, this is so. This is a little behind the scenes. This is where we did the show on campus at Trinity Western on the first day. That beautiful shot. Uh, it's a beautiful place to be. I mean, the campus is gorgeous. Did a whole walk around. But that was uh, the gymnasium where we did the, uh, the show on day one. All decorated for Christmas. Christmas trees inside. That's cool. Um, keep these rolling. Um, there's the two Olympians, um, Nat and, and Allison. I actually watched the hockey game with them on Thursday night. We went to the hockey game together, the three of us, and got to know each other really well. Really two great people uh, doing wonderful things. So it was really great to build those connections. We're following each other on social. And then Saturday, I took a, a ferry ride out to Bowen Island and hooked up with Jim Mullen, the president of Football Canada. That's, we shot this from his deck. Okay, he's got a very beautiful spot um, right on the water. So that was really cool. His partner, Kia, made us appetizers. I mean, bacon wrapped scallops. We had chicken wings, nachos and watched the Vanier Cup. So she treated us well. Um, All we had to do was clean up and uh, it was great to see Jim. And then on the ride home, um, I met this guy. It's Colton from Vancouver, from the, I guess, the lower mainland area. He was going to Europe, but he's a young kid, 20, doing his electrical uh, license to be an electrician, but he, he records music, and I thought this was really cool. He just put his stuff on Spotify, and the guy's getting a quarter million listens, and he's like, yeah, I might do it, I might not, but had a really good conversation with him, and I think we're going to stay in touch, so that was a, a fun end to uh, the week on the West Coast. Beauty, there's the great Western photo album. Now let's get to the sports coming up on the program today. Longtime NHLer, former Pittsburgh Penguin and Tampa Bay Lightning, Ryan Malone. He's in hour one and in hour two, three down nation.com CFL insider Justin Dunk. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? Thank you. We got that working today. We're going to start with hockey today. We're not going to go through Sunday night's results because there's been news since the Vancouver Canucks have dismissed head coach Travis Green and replaced him with Bruce Boudreaux, Gabby, as they call him. The team confirmed the news in a statement late Sunday night saying assistant coach Nolan Baumgartner, general manager Jim Benning, and assistant manager Jim Weisbrod have all been relieved of their duties. Scott Walker was named assistant coach. The changes came after the Pittsburgh Penguins routed the Canucks 4-1 Saturday night, drawing boos from the crowd. The Canucks currently sit last in the Pacific Division, at 8.15 and 2. But we're not done there. Philadelphia this morning. Flyers fired coach Elaine Vigneault following eight straight losses, too shy of matching a team record of 10 in a row. I caught them when they came through here last Wednesday and lost to the Florida Panthers. Uh, They worked hard. They're just not that good. Um, They've been one of the NHL's biggest flops of the season. Their latest loss was a 7-1 defeat by Tampa Bay last night. That sealed A.V.'s fate, obviously, Moose. He lasted just two-plus seasons in Philly. Never could lead the Flyers in the right direction this year after a promising first season in which he led the team to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, as you recall, in the NHL's restart bubble. How ironic is this? They had a deep playoff run in the bubble in Toronto, the Flyers. The Canucks did, too, in Edmonton with Travis Green. And today, both those coaches are looking for work elsewhere. And I saw on Twitter this morning that the Canucks are desirous 
potentially of Mark Bergevin to be their next general manager, which obviously brought a lot of scorn from uh, their own fans and fans of other teams. But anyways, a couple firings there. Um, I don't know what to say other than our poll question today is for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, which team which has made off-ice moves will turn it around the fastest? Montreal Canadiens, Philadelphia Flyers, or Vancouver Canucks? And what do we got? What do we got? I tweeted it. Uh, Philadelphia, they're saying, with 53% of the vote. Like I said, I watched. What is it? Philly's winning on YouTube, too? Yeah, Clark tells me 42% there. So I saw Philly last week, and like I say, they, they were playing terribly. They know hockey in Philly. The Flyers, they do. Uh, they were playing dreadful defense. They can't score any goals. And I guess they've pointed the finger at Elaine Vigneault as the reason why. And you and I watched Vancouver live on opening night in Edmonton, and I sat there going, they're just not that good. And it was funny because the, the Edmonton media, if you remember after that game, which the Oilers won in overtime, was that overtime or a shootout? Either way, it was extra time. The media was patting Vancouver on the head going, good for Vancouver. They kept it close into the second period with the Oilers. I don't know how talent, there seems to be talent there, but they haven't put it together all season long and firings. Anyways, I want to move on to point two from there. William Legison has done, defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers. If I, be, if I can say it nicely, a bubble player for the Edmonton Oilers, William Legison. So much of a bubble player, I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right. But his agent went on Twitter, Alan Walsh, the always loquacious agent, Alan Walsh, who also represents Marc-Andre Fleury. He tweeted this. Oilers defenseman William Legison had his best game in the NHL Friday night. What happens? Dave Tippett never told him he's out Saturday night. Didn't tell him to skate with the scratches. He finds out just before the game. It's kind of disrespect from a coach that that it's the kind of disrespect from a coach that destroys teams. That's from the agent of the player. You asked, and some of the viewers for my take on that here. Initially, my thought was this, Darren. You might be surprised because I had a little time to think about this. Initially, I thought, Alan, shut up again and let Tippett coach the team. Similarly to the Golden Knights, shut up, Alan, let Peter DeBoer coach the team. But is Alan Walsh necessarily wrong? You know that I'm a big Dave Tippett fan, and the Oilers are about my number three team in the NHL. Um, a player came to me, and I think you know this story, about a month ago, and his dad. Yeah. And that player had been benched by his team. And after the game, the player couldn't figure out why. And the player said to me, do you have any idea why I'd be benched? I said, no, actually, I thought you played great. I have no idea. Yeah. The next day, the player asked for a meeting with the coaching staff. They went through the video, and the coach subsequently apologized and said, no, you had a great game. I apologize for benching you. And then the dad called me and said that this had happened, and I was absolutely flabbergasted and blown away. As a matter of fact, initially... The dad said to me, my son's going to demand a meeting with the coaches. And I said, I would not go that far. Do you remember the incident? I think I remember telling you yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say the team. I'm not going to say the league. But this happened. So where I'm at, I'm in the agent. Initially, I would tell the agent to shut up and let Dave Tippett coach the team. But on the flip side, maybe that player deserved an explanation as to why he was being scratched. There's my take. What's yours? Yeah, I, I'm with you and with let the coach coach the team. I mean, to go right to the to the public, it doesn't work. It's it's a little bit like, okay, what's your role here, right? I mean, I get it from an agent perspective, protecting the players. And that's why the players love you. You got their back. But 
you know, you're going to end up having some players that are going to be Colin Kaepernick's really talented, right? Can probably play, might be able to be a starter in the, in the NFL over a lot of quarterbacks that are playing right now and struggling, but the distraction just outweighs any positive. The negative outweighs any positive, you know, um, just being a distraction. And now this is in the locker room. And now how do you really coach the team wondering, okay, well, what's the agent going to say? You know, why don't you tell me how I'm supposed to scratch players or not scratch players? Like, it, it becomes really, really difficult. And to be honest, a tweet like that is more of a distraction to the team than the actual handling of whether he's in the lineup or out of the lineup. If he's a fringe player, he knows he's not guaranteed a spot in the lineup or not. doesn't matter how good he plays or doesn't play. You know, and that's the idea of pro sports, and it mimics life. The best players don't always play right? The best players don't always win. That's, that's why you have people in place doing jobs like this. So yeah, I didn't like it. I, I hate it. I hate whining. Through all of that, not preamble, let's call it a ramble. I picked up one nugget from you. Okay. And that is that they should never have gone public with that. Because in the incident that I'm talking about with the player and the team, that never got public. And even today it's getting public by me saying it, but I'm not saying what the team is or the league. So nobody would know. Yeah. So this, if it had stayed internal and the player had addressed Dave Tippett and asked for a meeting, maybe they would have all dealt with it. Tippett probably wouldn't have apologized like the coach in my story, but nobody would know. Yeah. So what causes problems is what Alan Walsh did, not what Dave Tippett did. Right. Anyways, moving on. Point three, CFL Divisional Finals. How about that? Like, I got, I got, here's what's coming up in the quick six show topics here in the warm up, by the way. CFL Division Finals, Vanier Cup, NFL Week 13, NLL Week 1, the fight in the crowd at BMO Field yesterday. So I'm at Outback Steakhouse, Lighthouse Point, Florida, trying to keep my mind on one thing. Now, they did have the Dolphins game on over here beside it, the CFL game. So I was able to watch two games at once. But in the CFL, the Great Cup matchup is now set, as we all know. It'll look a lot like the last one. The defending champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers will face the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football League Championship, which Winnipeg won, by the way, 33-12. to 12. It hasn't been for two years, but the Bombers booked their spot in this year's title game by beating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 21-17 at Investors Group Field in Winnipeg. Hamilton defeated Toronto in the East Final 27-19. I had to write down these scores because I had a million scores going through my head. Checking to see how much time. Well, we got a lot of time here for these CFL games. So they were good. Like, look, think about it this way. From a guy watching from gorgeous South Florida. Cold, cold. But the stands were full in Toronto. The stands were full in Winnipeg. The games had a lot of intrigue and drama. They were largely close. Hamilton was being shut out in the first half in Toronto. They make the quarterback change. They come back and win. Big plays. Questionable calls. That's the Toronto-Hamilton game. Hamilton comes back, roaring back in the second half and wins it, and they're going to play in their stadium at home. Bob's your uncle. Bob's and then in the uncle. West game, I'm home watching that, and I'm like, you're, you're kidding me, right? Winnipeg clearly does not want to win this game. Six turnovers to Saskatchewan's two, and the Riders were only leading 10-7 at halftime? What's going on here? And, of course, all it does is prove to you how good of a team Winnipeg is, that they can survive losing the turnout over battle 6-2 in a playoff game there in a divisional final where everything's magnified. One turnover can decide a game in a game like that. And they lost 6-2 in the turnover battle, and they still won? They did it because they 
bullied the riders on the line of scrimmage. They harassed Cody Fajardo. They made enough big plays to win the game. And away we go. Winnipeg, Hamilton, a Grey Cup rematch, which, dare I say, is the best thing for the CFL, I think, from a story standpoint. Grey Cup rematches are always fun. That's my take on Division Final Sunday. Yours? Yeah, a lot to digest here. Um, the first mm -hmm. is that matchup. Hamilton, Winnipeg. If you had said this at the beginning of the year, you know, we're going to have a December Grey Cup. It's going to be in Hamilton, and it's going to feature the Tiger Cats and the Blue Bombers. That is said, that's pretty predictable. Right? We all thought, you know, Hamilton was going to mow through everybody. And we thought Winnipeg was going to be pretty good, too. We thought maybe Hamilton would be the best team in the, in the CFL. And Winnipeg would be the second best team, probably the best team out west. And pretty good chance they're going to meet in the, in the Grey Cup again. Or they've both got a good shot. The road that they each took to get here, that's the story. Especially for Hamilton. That's what made it so intriguing and exciting. But you look at both of these you know, games, and I look at the Toronto Argonauts and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You talk about the six turnovers, three um, Zach Caleros interceptions in the first quarter, um, and then the missed opportunities for Toronto. They both left so much on the table and had opportunities mm -hmm. to win, and they're both going to have painstakingly, like excruciating hours watching the game film. You know, you look at Boris Beattie, you know, four field goals early in that football game, two of them inside the 15-yard line. So, like, they left touchdowns off the board that were gifted to them, you know, turnovers, and then obviously not capitalizing on six turnovers. The Riders only having 10 points on the board at halftime. Just, you know, leaving it on the table because you know that it was there for you at, you know, for the taking. So both those teams will be disappointed waking up this morning. Uh, so we're going to bring in the viewers. Brand new week means it's wide open again for our Taco Time comment of the week from the viewers from the Rod Squad. Best comment of the week will win a $50 gift card to our friends from Taco Time. I see people are talking in the comments section about the CFL, the NHL. Not a lot of college or NFL, but we're about to get to that. I like this one from C. Walker watching on YouTube. Says the Bombers are so good that even the Bombers can't beat the Bombers. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they, they couldn't even beat themselves, and they really tried. Dang it. So anyways, tell your friends we're live on a Monday with episode number 627 of Canada's Daytime Sports Talk Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're streaming live on YouTube, and we'll be right back where you can listen live as well, 24-7 at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues. We're like halfway through the quick six show topics here today. There's a lot going on. And I want to tell you that the um, text line is open. You can always write us the numbers on the screen. 902-518-3033. Now that Moose is back in the sweatpants capital, I'm sure that he'll get on that jingle. He's been traveling all over the place. Yes. I'm sure. We're going to have it soon, Moose? Uh, yeah, I keep saying soon. So that's all I can do is just tell you soon. And You get a lot of things. Yeah. You get a lot of things on the go. But on the text line, uh, Ray in Scarborough, Ontario, watching on Game Plus TV, writes in and says, Hey, Rod, what a weekend. Started with some junior hockey Friday night on Saturday afternoon, some Vanier Cup, followed by some Toronto Rock 
in the NLL on Saturday night. CFL Eastern Finals Sunday afternoon. Then watch my Leafs lose to the Jets Sunday and finish it off with the Bills and the Pats tonight. Hope your weekend was as good as mine. Signed, Ray. That's a great sports weekend right there. And, uh, well, we've lined up most of it. I'm trying to limit my sports watching to one live game. Listen, I could have gone to the Dolphins game yesterday. They had the Giants here. They did win their sixth in a row. But I was trying to narrow my focus down to watching six hours of CFL football. And because I knew we'd be talking about it today. And I was successful in doing that. But here's a great comment from Craig in Calgary. Big supporter of ours. And he writes it on the text line, the 902. He says, hey, Rod. The field conditions at the Vanier Cup and in Winnipeg, CFL geezer fans mentality that weather affected football is somehow the Canadian game is part of what is killing this league. That and the insistence that playing 80-year-old fight songs and Mustang Sally constitute in-game entertainment. You've got to be kidding me. Signed, Craig in Calgary. Troy writes in from Cochrane, Alberta. He's watching on Game Plus TV and says, Hi, Rod and Moose. What were your thoughts on the post-game scuffle between Chris Edwards and the Ticats fan? Look brutal on both sides. <sighs> There's so much there to get to. There's so much there to get to. My cousin, Christine, I just want to point this out. She's watching in Medicine Hat. And she's written with the Raptors score from last night. And I say, thank you, Chris, for getting... You're Western Canada's biggest Raptors PR person because the Raptors aren't even anywhere near my radar. Not even. Don't come at me with a Raptor. And she goes on to say, I'm just thrilled the CFL is alive and well during the pandemic. Well, we'll see whether it is or not. But at 849 Eastern last night, I got an email from the CFL saying the Grey Cup in Hamilton is officially sold out. So it took the Ticats winning to sell it out, which is awesome. I don't know what the attendance is going to be. It's normally 24,000 at Tim Hortons Field, but the email said they've opened up the end zone. They're selling 500 more standing room tickets, and Bob's your uncle, and let's go. Awesome. Sorry, Moose, that I'm getting so long-winded here, um, but you know how it is. So on the field conditions, Vanier Cup watched it Saturday while I was watching the Blues and the Panthers here in Sunrise, Florida. The Western Mustangs, who reside in London, Ontario, are celebrating their second Vanier Cup title in the last four years. Western overcame cold, icy conditions in Quebec City in a 27-21 victory over Saskatchewan in men's university football. And that was bad. That was really bad. The guys were slipping all over the place. I made that comment that football was not meant to be played in these conditions, and people took that to mean that it was an excuse for the Huskies. Wasn't what I meant. Wasn't making any excuses for anybody. Western played better, and had they played the game inside, Western still probably would have won. The point was it ruined the game and didn't allow these athletes to show off their skills. Winnipeg wasn't much better. You watched the game, but when the Hamilton receiver was at Lawler, Kenny the King Lawler, whoever, or Rashid, fumbled at the one and... The riders, Ellie Bocas, scooped it up at the goal line. He ran like he had broom ball shoes on. And our American <laughs> viewers are like, what? He was running like he had those three-inch destroyer cleats on, just womp, womp, womp. No problems on the ice in Winnipeg for Ellie Buka. But I guess my point is I'm giving them all a pass because COVID forced us to play December championship games. I, It's nobody's fault. What I'm saying is this is ruining the games. And I'll get to that fan fight in a moment. But that was, it's not a criticism of anybody. No, it's not. But it took away from the enjoyment of the game for me. Yeah, I agree. 
same thing. You know, I'm seeing guys getting handoffs in the backfield and slipping and falling, and yeah. they have to take a three-yard loss. You know, I'm seeing, you know, quarterbacks on both sides can't get the proper footing, so they can't get enough behind the football, and it's underthrown. And there was plays to be made on both sides. You know, did it affect the outcome? Maybe, maybe not. I'm talking about the Vanier Cup or the West Final, but, yeah. you know, I do – enjoy the weather when it plays a factor. I do. I think that's part of it. I do. But there are lines. Like, when, when the field can't be, when you can't get footing, like, it's nice having the snow globe. You know, we've seen snow globe games where the footing's not an issue. We've seen raining, rain games where you can still make plays. I understand elements. But when the footing can't be, you know, taken care of and you're having guys slipping and it's becoming sloppy, that's that's a huge problem, and and, and you have to Buddy, have six, ways to fix eight it. turnovers in the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game. How could you enjoy that? How could you enjoy that? I know, that's tough. You know, you still want them. So, to what make are you plays. saying? You like it or you don't like it? I like it to a point. I like it to a point. I don't know what you're going to do as a, as a as a league or somebody managing the field to protect you from that. You know, do you just go all dome stadiums and say forget about it? Maybe. In the case of the Vanier Cup, yes. CFL is a little bit of a different story. But, I mean, I'm sitting with my American friends on the weekend, and they're like, how many dome stadiums are in Canada? I'm like, if you can believe, just three. Think, think about that. Yeah. Just think about that for the weather. We have three dome stadiums in Canada. That's it. Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. Should be more when you think about it. And for the Vanier Cup, what was the attendance at Laval the other night? Five, six, seven thousand? I, I, I never uh, heard yeah, Dunk would know. You could play that in a smaller venue. You could never play a Grey Cup, which habitually gets around 60,000 fans a game. You could never play that in anywhere other than a huge outdoor stadium. But you could play the Vanier in a smaller one. Yeah. So anyways, that's my take. It ruined my enjoyment of the game. And I felt sorry for those guys, the players, and the coaches. And Milt Stiegel said it all on the panel. He didn't even know he was saying it. Milt Stiegel, the CFL panel, was saying... It, it, it sucks so much to get hit in the cold. It sucks to get hit at all. But in the cold, it's even worse. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, so why are we doing this? But it's because of COVID, so we'll, we'll give it a pass. I'm going to come back on that. I just wanted to mention the NLL. Got to write the NLL down because it opened. We're big NLL fans here. You're a Saskatchewan Rush broadcaster. Reese Duke scored three goals, and Eric Fannel netted the overtime winner to lead the Halifax Thunderbirds to a 12-11 victory over the Saskatchewan Rush Saturday night in the first game of the season, the NLL season for both teams. Four different players scored hat tricks as the Buffalo Bandits overpowered the Calgary Roughnecks 16-9 also Saturday night. Tom Schreiber scored four times and added an assist in the Toronto Rocks season opening 10-9 win against the Albany Firewolves Saturday and Friday night, it all got going when Mitch Jones scored five times as the Vancouver Warriors edged the San Diego Seals 8-7 to open the NLL season. That was Friday night. Boy, we got a lot to get to here. Um, college football, a fun thing to do this season has to ponder how the Canadian football playoff race would have played out if expansion to 12 teams had already happened. It hasn't yet. College football playoff selection committee set the four-team field on Sunday, matching top-seeded Alabama against number four Cincinnati in one semifinal and a second-seeded Michigan against number three Georgia in the other. The committee ranks 25 teams to help fill out the lineup for some of the other marquee bowl games, too. In the 12-team playoff model proposed earlier this year and still being debated, 
A selection committee would still have a role, but it would be less impactful because it would place more emphasis on winning a conference. So saying it again, my Alabama Crimson Tide against your Michigan, sorry, against Cincinnati and Michigan against Georgia and the other. So that's something to watch here over the holiday season. It's super exciting, you know, and we might be looking towards an Alabama-Michigan national championship. Could you imagine, you know, back in the, you know, earlier on in the year when we were picking college teams, I mean, you already had yours, um, that we could potentially have have, uh, chosen the two finalists for the national title. I mean, it's awesome. I do have a huge issue with Georgia being in the the college football playoff. A huge issue with it. I I don't think Georgia belongs. We only lost once, Darren. Right. But they lost in what's essentially a playoff game. They lost in the SEC championship game. That was their playoff game. Yeah, it's not a, the college football playoff, but you want an expanded playoff. That's basically it. That's why I wouldn't put Ohio State, you know, in it because they just lost to Michigan two weeks ago. You know, give it to Notre Dame. Give it to Baylor. Give it to somebody else. Even if they're not as good, Georgia already had their shot to be in there. They played Alabama. And if they play Alabama again, it's just going to be like... What for, right? I don't like that idea of losing a, a championship game on the final week of the season and then still being uh, having an opportunity to get into uh, the college football playoff, even if it was your only loss of the year. It came in a championship. So that's, a, that's the flawed playoff for me. That's the flawed system. The uh, viewers are going to uh, be hearing a lot of that over the Christmas holidays here. We got a couple minutes left, uh, Viewers writing in on the NLL, CFL. Bob Jericho on YouTube says, Fajardo's got to go. It's painful to watch. You know that it's uh, only 24 hours since their loss, so people are going to be very upset. Still in the Ryder Nation, um, there's stuff going back and forth about steroid use. Listen, both teams have players that are guilty of it, so don't add us. And let me just say this. I think we only got two minutes left in this segment. Ryan Malone joins us, NHL veteran next Penguin and Lightning. And then we'll debate far more of this to start hour two with Moose. But the fan incident that happened in Toronto after the game, watch the video. Chris Edwards, longtime CFL defensive back, never been a problem. Starting the lawnmower on a Ticat fan. The video's out there, all of the video. It's not a big deal. You saw players scaling from the Toronto Argonauts, scaling the fence to go join the fray. Dejan Briss said, who's a friend of this show, Number two overall pick by the Argos. Toronto kid, he jumps there and there, and I'm like, oh, boy. This is looking like a scene from Slapshot. As we find out later, uh, he was trying to play the role of peacemaker. If you look at the video of the Cat fan, clearly the aggressor. The guy with the Cat flag tied around his neck, who was into grandpa's cough medicine. Nobody is going to hold the Argos responsible here. Shouldn't anyways. Initially, I didn't see any security around. And then I saw a video from the backside. There was tons of security. They were all at the Argo locker room. Come on. I can't. I'm not holding the Argos responsible. I'm not holding the CFL nor the security responsible. I'm holding the idiot fan responsible that supposedly threw a beer at the guy. That caused Chris Edwards to come after him. The players should not have to put up with it. It's not pay your ticket and do whatever the hell you want. It's not. It's pay for your ticket, watch the game, and go home. Don't act like an asshole. So he deserved everything. I wish he would have got more. I really do. And I think a lot of people agree with me. It's no, the players don't have to put up with whatever comes their way. That's junk. People feel that way. They're wrong. 
Anyways, we don't have time for your take, but we'll get it later, okay? <laughs> How about okay. that? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Ryan Bugsy Malone joins us next. You're watching Canada's daytime sports talk show, the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. The studio is in South Florida. I was going to say sunny South Florida, but it's not sunny. Still beautiful, though. Um, hey, Ryan Malone played 647 National Hockey League games with the Penguins and the Lightning. And there's a reason he's with us today as we continue to talk about Robert Morris University and their hockey program. And a lot of things to get to with Bugsy Malone. But you just saw, Bugsy, us talking about the fan fight incident in the CFL game in Toronto yesterday. And I want to ask you, in your years in the NHL, St. Cloud State, Iowa Wild, Hartford Wolfpack, ever chuck the Nucks with some fans or get into it? What do you remember? Uh, no, I figured uh, I've heard uh, quite a few stories. If you do break someone's face, it's uh, not a good thing legally. <laughs> so on the ice, it's uh, okay. But I know um, and that's one reason I can't, you can get into uh, jujitsu and it's a lot safer just to choke someone out and put them to sleep. Than How about that? That's the yeah, that's the fair enough. What? But in all your wars, I'm bad question. I guess no, you never punched anybody. Like the Argo player took a swing, but I mean, there must have been some nights where uh, you know the fans are into it a little bit, and you had some incidents. Yeah, especially in Philly. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I I I enjoyed it having the beard spilled on us and them just you know going crazy. You have the five year old giving us the middle finger and. Um, you know, it didn't really push me to the point of uh, going off. They're, they're the fans. And, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed that about, I think, the hockey atmosphere to have a little bit of that craziness going on. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's it's always Philly. I haven't been, but I got to put it on the list because everybody brings up Philly. And speaking of, Vancouver Canucks make a coaching change last night. They fired Travis Green. Then this morning, the Flyers have followed up with Elaine Vigneault. How closely are you following this? Uh, I don't know how many people had Travis Green being the first coach fired in the NHL, but he was. Um, thoughts on these moves? Yeah, I mean, um, you, as a player, you definitely, after uh, like a coach gets fired, you, you have to, you know, you, you're accountable also for that. And, um, you know, sometimes after a few years, obviously the same voice, it's kind of repetitive and you kind of lose that uh, locker room a little bit, but ultimately it comes down to the players buying in and getting on the same page and wanting to do it for each other. I got one for you, too, before we talk about that Robert Morris thing and your fundraising effort. So Hockey Canada has not revealed its roster yet for the Olympics. Sidney Crosby, if you've probably seen, has said that he'd be okay whether he's on or he's not. You know, Sid, he's, you've played with him. Doug Armstrong, the general manager of Team Canada, was here in Sunrise the other night. I ate beside him in the media room. I was going to go ask him and say, Psst, what's up with Sid? <clears throat> but I did. Do you think he should be on the team? Maybe it's a dumb question, but do you think there's any chance he wouldn't be on Team Canada, Ryan? That is an advanced age. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, geez, come on. Yeah, you're telling me you can't find a spot for Crosby on your team. Look what he's. I mean, 
it, he has, I mean, look at, I mean, look at everything he's done. I think it's just kind of a silly question, actually. So, sorry about <laughs> well, he was, he was asked about it and he said, I'd be okay if, if I'm not, that's all that I'm saying now. Okay. Furthermore, because you care little for team Canada, how about team USA off the top of your head? Who should be the goalies for team USA in the Olympics? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I like Gibson. It's uh, a guy that I think um, with a maybe a better supporting cast has, has been known to steal some wins down there. Um, and he's the guy that comes just to the top of my head uh, right now. Yep. He was the first guy that I thought of too, John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks. But Spencer Knight, this kid down the road here with the Florida Panthers, of course, backstopped yeah. the U.S. to World Junior Gold last year. So, yeah. you know what? Always good to have choices. Bugsy. Yeah. Gibson's a Pittsburgh guy too, I believe. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Been around a long time and done great things in Anaheim. What's up in your world, Bugsy? How's the fundraising going for Robert Morris University's fundraising has been going great. Uh, And then we really picked up a lot of momentum. We had a a meeting um, with the uh, the board at RMU. Um, They were quite surprised in the last four months, we've raised over $2.3 million with pledges and cash in hand. So we're $500,000 away from supposedly our, our goal of getting that to around December 15th. So um, we had some fun back in Pittsburgh. You got some guys together, some Steelers and Pirates, brought the on-the-bench crew down, did some old-time hockey to kind of do this final rally. To uh, At the time, it was 700000 which we've been saying we're down goals, not money. So now we're only down like 500,000 goals. So we're asking everyone to be part of the greatest comeback in sports history. Um, so if you buy in, you can get uh, a reward and something for your hard-earned money. And that's kind of where in the background here, I got my American people have a USA jersey in there. If you bid, um, we're looking on the price points, but if you put in $50 to buy in, you could have a chance to win this Olympic jersey. It's got the home of the brave on it. On the sleeves, just like the real jerseys. Gets bad uh, camera work there. But then underneath yeah. those, I have a... Underneath those, I got a nice pair of uh, hockey skates someone gave me when I made the team that actually fit my cankles as well. And they call them ace. So uh, Marty the Mew skates will also be in uh, on this auction. It's not really an auction, it's chip-in. So when you do chip-in, you'll have a chance to win these um for a hundred dollars so you chip in a hundred dollars you'll have a chance to win a pair of marlin muse skates and if you want me to sign them i can sign them too but i thought that might bring the value down so uh are you saying you know, we have somebody with fat, somebody with fat ankles should throw some change down on the on this is that what you're saying yeah no i'm saying if, if we look at we can do a closer picture but the the they're custom skates and at the time coming from college uh st cloud we never uh, had custom skates before so Mario had a bunch of pairs laying around. He's like, oh, Bugsy, try these on. And they ended up fitting like great. So I was ended up wearing them. And they've been in my garage. And um, the, the purpose of this uh, Pittsburgh Hockey Foundation is to grow college hockey in Pittsburgh. And right now, RMU's men's and women's teams um, need to be reinstated. And they're the only Division One programs around at the moment. So our first mission is to help reinstate these programs by creating awareness and these cool items and everyone in this uh rally video um brett kiesel from the steelers sean uh, swissom uh the kicker has some items neil walker from the pirates so we got some different items and giveaways iron city light was a sponsor iron city beer i remember my dad on the beer cans back in the 80s 
Um, they're they're a great help. Um, the four one two clothing people. Everyone in Pittsburgh has really reached out. It's been overwhelming the su- support uh, for these programs and the Pittsburgh College Hockey Foundation. So um, today we're going to launch a little trailer video uh, to create some more noise and create some buzz about it, and hopefully we can uh, reach our goal together. Well, Bugsy, next time we come on, once you're successful and you reach your goal, we'll talk a little more. I don't know if you remember that I told you my niece committed to Robert Morris University. She was to be a freshman this year. They pulled the plug on her. She's now playing at Mercyhurst. Alan, I want to ask you how they're going to bring this program back once the money's raised. But we'll do that next time. Um, in 30 oh, seconds, can you, t- can you tell folks how they can contribute, if you don't mind, and then we'll play the video financially? Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, right now, you can go to Give Campus, and uh, it's through all the Twitter links. Um, you see the update, how much money has been raised, how many donors there's been. And then we're working on uh, the chip-in link that will get uh, every, everything situated and the items up there here shortly in a day. Uh, you know, everything's happening so fast. So your, your team there, Clark, and everyone has been uh, tremendous with helping put it all this together in a short amount of time. So uh, it's been great. So we'll, we'll start there and we'll take it uh, a day at a time. Great. And what do people need to know about this video? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's supposed to rally us. We're down in the, you know, it's the, we have, uh, 10 days and, uh, we need to rally to get, we're down 500,000 goals now. So we want everyone to buy in and, uh, be part of the greatest comeback in Pittsburgh sports history. Amazing. All right, Bugsy, thanks for this. And guys, let's have a look at the video. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. Promotional support for the RP Show brought to you by Tough Tribe for Men. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men. Available now at toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. Also, it is time for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Ordering online is available from Taco Time. Try it today and get a free burrito on your first order. Use promo code FREEBURRITO, one word, when you sign up. Hey, very busy morning in sports. I want to mention this. Uh, here in Miami, Manny Diaz was fired as Miami's football coach this morning after a 7-5 and five regular season and with the school in deep negotiations with to bring Oregon coach Mario Cristobal back to his alma mater to take over. Manny went 21 and 15 in three seasons in Miami, and they have been on his ass here since September at least, listening to Sports Talk Radio. By the way, I would say 90% of Sports Talk Radio here, college football. Unbelievable. More than the NFL, certainly more than the NHL. And speaking of, the Ottawa Senators look for their, conse- their third consecutive win tonight when they take on the Devils in New Jersey. The Sens are last in the Atlantic Division, while the Devils have lost three in a row in five of their last six. Ottawa is the only other Canadian team in action on a light night in the show. Um, Moose will be back here in hour two. We'll get way more deep into the viewer comments. But I got a few here um, on the bad conditions for the games, the Vanier Cup on Saturday, the West Final Sunday. And it didn't look great in Toronto either, by the way, for the East Final. Dan McCabe texts from the sweatpants capital. He says, I totally agree with you, Rod. I've been saying this for years and years that the CFL should start the season earlier. And the Grey Cup should be played the third week in October. Who wants to screw around with the possibility of snow, wind, ice? It's a no-brainer for me. Of course, with COVID, that screwed everything up. And they were to move the season up this year. Pre-COVID, that was the plan, but only by a couple of weeks. 
Uh, Jamie watching in Nova Scotia on Game Plus. He says, how was everybody's weekend? Halifax Thunderbirds beat the rush in an overtime NLL thriller. Most likely the game of the year. Last minute. Last minute of play in hour one. Jamie goes on to say, not only did Clark beat me in NHL fantasy this past week, the Boltman lost. And with the Riders losing and the Huskies losing in the Vanier Cup, it made for a bummer weekend. On the bright side, the RP Christmas tree will soon be up and will bring cheer to all RP viewers in the coming weeks. Merry Christmas, Jamie. Thank you for that. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, Hi, Rod. I think considering all the injuries the Riders had this year, they overachieved getting to the West Final. They gave the Bombers a scare for sure. Listen, let's carry that over into hour two, okay? And I know the Rider Nation's watching. They want to talk about this. The Bomber Nation, too. We'll talk about what went down in the West Final yesterday the fan fights and all the rest. Listen, they won the turnover battle 6-2 and still lost the game. Injuries or not, they had to go home thinking they'd let that one get away. We'll talk about it all next hour after this break here on Game Plus Television. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.